Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at Patreon.com slash Partners in Crime Media. I'm Rebecca Lavoie, and this is Crime Writers On. Crime Writers On is the original true crime review podcast that digs into true crime, pop culture, other podcasts. And on this episode, a powerful pharmaceutical executive and his wife are murdered in their Toronto home. Was the motive business or was it personal? We'll review the CBC podcast, The No Good, Terribly Kind, Wonderful Lives and Tragic Deaths of Barry and Honey Sherman. Joining me to get that done and more is true crime author, TV journalist and host of the These Are Their Stories podcast, my husband and love of my life, Kevin Flynn. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Rebecca. Also with us is private investigator, certified pet detective, resident cat lady, and author of The Final Curtain, Laura Bricker. Hello, Laura. Hello, Rebecca. And finally, our captain of all things cynical, the author of the City Trilogy, host of Strange Arrivals, and our Patreon Deep Dive Book Club podcast host, Toby Ball. Hello, Toby. Hey, Rebecca. All right. So, Kevin, obviously, this is Monday's Fine Podcast. It is. What is coming up on Thursday's show? Well, on Thursday, we're going to be talking about the Academy Award winning documentary film, Navalny. Okay. So we have to say hello to some people, right, Kevin? Yeah. As we've been uh, teasing for the past couple of weeks, we've decided to record this episode in front of a live audience. And by live audience, I mean people sitting at home in their pajamas on the couch. But we've got a whole bunch of our uh, Patreon patron fans here, some of our best friends, and they're here to watch. And uh, they're all talking to one another in the chat function Someone just said, this is how the sausage gets made. That's yes, right. you get to see that. They like watching behind the scenes. I don't know. We're here all the time. We don't find behind the scenes all that intriguing, but maybe it's because we've been doing it for, this is, I think, episode 400... 1,742. Yeah, whatever. So. Oh, my God. Anyway, I want to thank everybody and say hello to everybody who's here, and we hope that um, that uh, you like seeing you know me pick my nose and Toby sniffle and uh, Lard decide she's going to walk away to go pet a cat. And a couple of stumbles during the intro. <laughs> stumbles to the intro. I, that if you're at, if you're listening on the podcast, you never would have heard that. No, but yeah, I figured out why I did it. It was because I turned my um, light down on my iPad screen so I wouldn't be so washed out on the camera. Yeah, nothing you and can do I couldn't that. actually uh, see. Excuses. <laughs> um, so I have something I need to show Lara and Toby and everybody at yeah, home. Yeah, why don't you do explain the whole okay. thing? So if you guys know... Um, you may not know. I mean, I don't know how much on her social media she posted this, but Carol Baskin, our friend, friend of the show, uh, and obviously Carol Baskin from Tiger King, recently posted on her social media that she was selling all of her animal print clothing because she had gotten that bill finally passed that was like uh, that people can't the big own cat big bill, cats yeah. anymore. So she's like selling all of her, you know, animal print clothing and all of her, the clothing that she wore in. Um, Tiger King and stuff because she that was like the clothing she wore to like remind people about the issue of the big cat. She'd wear it at parties. She'd wear it all the time. So I went to her like Poshmark page and she's selling like her iconic Carol Baskin clothing for like 15 bucks, 20 bucks, 40 bucks. Oh my bucks. God. So I bought Oh this my God. Oh my God. What? Incredible. What? <gasps> Carol Baskin. Oh, Ocelot print glitzy cocktail dress for like $35. And by the way, Carol, if you're listening, you're a fucking pop culture icon. You could be raking it in on eBay with this stuff. Anyway, so I, I bought it and then I wrote to her and I said, I couldn't help myself. I bought something from your store. 
I would love to like maybe hang it up in the studio or something. You know, could could you maybe send me an autograph or something? And she sent me this wonderful note that says, thank you for being such a cool cat with the purchase, purchase of my dress, Carol Baskin. And it's not all. She said something for each of the four of us. Are you guys ready to see? Oh, I don't know. Oh, Kevin, should I bless you first? No, just do it. She sent us each a flower crown. Oh, my God. Amazing. We have I can't wait for Toby. (gasps) Will you bring mine when you come to the Exeter Lit Fest? We will be seeing (laughs) you guys tomorrow, and we will be bringing you your flower crowns, and you can wear them as much as you want. Made by Ms. Carol Baskin herself. What do you think? Pretty I'm iconic, pretty right? amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yes. I think when I see Toby in the flower crown, my entire life is going to be complete. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to wear them when I play <laughs> basketball. You should. And you. And when people ask you about its origins, you have a really, really incredible origin story. It is a bespoke yeah. Carol Baskin flower crown. Boom. So yeah, a guy I play basketball with is like a hundred percent convinced that Carol Baskin killed her ex husband. Oh fuck that guy! Fuck that guy! Yeah, uh, so he's wrong, obviously, and um, yeah. So by the way, so I think I believe it's Poshmark. Like the Carol Baskin is selling her stuff there. If you want to help her, like I guess I guess she's selling it. I don't know if she's putting the money toward her sanctuary, but stuff is very affordable. We might have breaking Carol Baskin news, according to Jasmine, who lives just outside of Tampa, who just posted in uh, our chat here at this live thing. Oh my, she's closing. The sanctuary, rehoming the rescued cats and joining the proceeds of her sale. Oh, well, okay. That's a very, a very interesting wow. breaking news. That sounds like she's divesting herself of this whole thing. Well, maybe that's why we got the flower crowns as part of the maybe divestiture. All right. Well, thank you very much, Carol, for your note. Thank you for these flower crowns. We'll treasure them forever, especially Toby. And, um, and we'll be hanging that dress somewhere in uh, Studio C. 100%. It's part of our iconic collection yeah. here in the studio, mm. along with our grinder poster. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, God. that's the TV show, The Grinder. Uh, okay, Not I was yet. like, Toby's like, hey, I didn't. How come I didn't get any? Our of that? Signed, our signed, I mean, I'm fine with that. It's just our signed poster surprising. from The Grinder, the yeah. show that we tried to save from cancellation uh, unsuccessfully. But what if we did? Mm. <laughs> that that's one campaign we weren't able to win. All right, so I think we should get to our review. Sorry, yeah. I have flower crown hair. Um, and uh, and just do what we do. What do you think, Kevin? Let's do what we do. All right, you ready to drop that first clip so we can get to it? Yep. As soon as I walked downstairs, it just something wasn't, didn't, to me, didn't. I've been there for years and years, and she was always concerned about lights and doors and all that being kept closed, and lights and doors were wide open, and um, I just thought something was off. The 2017 murders of Canadian pharmaceutical executive Barry Sherman and his wife, Honey, shook the nation. The Shermans were seen as pillars of Toronto's Jewish community. But the billionaire CEO also had a reputation for being a savage businessman, even among those in the cutthroat world of generic drug manufacturing. Anybody who is deeply immersed in the global generic drug industry is trafficking in a dangerous world, you know, a world of fraud, a world of threats. Meanwhile, Sherman's cousins claimed they'd been swindled out of their share of the company. Carrie Winters claimed Barry once asked him to murder Honey, then drew suspicion when he told the press he wanted to kill his uncle himself. The only regret I fucking have is that I didn't kill this piece of shit. What do you mean? And I start to talk about my anger and my fantasies. And I said, look, and I had fantasies. I was going to cap a team, roll his fucking head down like a bowling ball in Apotex parking lot. From Lionsgate Sound and CBC Podcasts comes the no good, terribly kind, wonderful lives and tragic deaths of Barry and Honey Sherman. Five years after the unsolved crime, host Kathleen Goldhar explores the business rivals, disgruntled relatives, and far-out conspiracy theories around the brutal society murders. While the culprit is unknown, Goldhar says the motive is surely money. Spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about plot points from The No Good, Terribly Kind, Wonderful Lives and Tragic Deaths of Barry and Honey Sherman. So if you want to remain spoiler-free, go to the estimated time code in our show notes, for our thumbs up or thumbs down reviews. So Kevin, we have to talk about the title of this podcast, right? Yeah. I don't think it's ever been so important or so, or I thought like such a significant thing to talk about would be the title, but we do need to address it. I think 
that the whimsical title for this double murder podcast is extremely problematic for me. So are their lives no good? Is the death no good? Is it terribly kind that they were killed? I, I That's not even the part of it. It's just sort of, we've always said the title is a promise about what the piece of art is going to be. And what I get from this is, you know, this is not a breezy podcast to be reflective of a, you know, very famous children's book. I just think that the decision to name it this was, it was, it just showed incredibly poor judgment. I don't know who was in the room during this discussion, but whoever voted yes on this name, I mean, I, I, I went and ordered the same thing as a pizza on you because apparently we have very different tastes. I, I, it's, it's less for me than that about a being poor judgment as I'm not sure the title actually is what the podcast is about. Because well, what is it's it not. the title about? It's not. They're trying to make it like Alexander and the Terrible, Awful, and Rotten, No Good Day. Right. Yeah. But I didn't get a no good or terribly kind or wonderful in any of the lives part, right? I mean, the, the deaths were tragic, but like, I'm not sure we actually explored a no good life or a terribly kind life, or a wonderful life in any aspect of the lives part of it, right? We just got sort of a complicated... Well, all lives are like that. It's a complicated life, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that that's the whole thing. Is I feel like if any of those pieces had been fully proven out, but it was just like complicated and different different points of view on them, but but none of them... That's not the, the promise I don't think it None of those points fulfills, of view yeah. were wonderful. <laughs> I think it sort of diminishes the seriousness of the story with this sort of lighthearted title, because... It took me a while to be like, oh, wait a minute. This is a huge, bizarre, unsolved murder case involving billionaires. When you look at the totality of the story, that that title really doesn't even begin to encompass. And I don't think, so for me, I was like, oh, this is going to be like this haha little lark story about these people. And I'm like, no, that's not really what this is about. Toby, does this matter to you at all? Or do you just think we're having a conversation about something that doesn't matter that much? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess my only thing is so many true crime podcasts are titled things that I, I have a really hard time remembering what the actual case was. Cause they're always like sort of these vague, like undetermined sort of conceptual. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we play that game all the time. Undisclosed. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think it's funny cause I was talking to uh, my producer about something completely different, but he was like. For me, it's like, will people remember the title? Yeah. And it feels like this does that, right? Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get this confused with something else. And three years from now, Kevin, during the after show, when you're like, what was, you know, this thing about? And we'll all be like, oh, yeah, it was about, you know, Barry and Honey Sherman and the millionaires of generic drugs. So as far as that goes, it's fine. It is kind of weird. Like, it does seem whimsical. And then the way it starts where they're talking about the sculpture that's made out of junk, mm-hmm. which in and of itself seems a little whimsical or trying to be whimsical or something. So for like the first two minutes, you're sort of still in this whimsical mode. And then, of course, it's not very whimsical at all. As a matter of fact, it's it's sort of sad and pathological the rest of the way. Yeah. So side note on the remembering the titles. So an internal conversation at NHPR was, it was it appropriate to keep the title Bear Brook on Jason Moon's podcast when t- season two is not about any murders related to Bear Brook, right? And I was like, yes, because everybody remembers the title of that podcast. Right. And it doesn't sound like other true crime podcasts. And like, you can write one line explaining that this is not what season two is about. And it's well, just it's like- Well, it's a brand in that correct, case. Correct. It's like the Bear Brook. It's like, the, you know, you exactly. think of that. And it's evocative. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So let's just talk about the murder scene itself, because it is kind of a wild scene. And Laura, you described it as being like something from a murder mystery. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like a staged sort of thing that you would see in something on TV or in a murder mystery party where Honey and Barry in in their 70 and 75 found inside the home next to the pool, like in their, I I also love that they have their basement swimming pool, uh, sitting side by side on the deck, hanging from belts, tied to a railing. It's like something that, you know, if you were watching like the opening credits of a thriller or a murder mystery, this is a scene that would appear. The agent would open the door to the pool room and find Barry and Honey Sherman, suspended from belts looped around their necks, the other end attached to the pool railing. Police described them as being found in a semi-seated position. 
So that right off the bat is, uh, for me, I'm like, oh, I want to know more about this. I want to know more about this. And then when you hear the initial suggestion that this is a murder-suicide, followed pretty quickly by the family hiring their own investigator to do their own investigation, you really, I mean, for me anyway, I'm grasping like this is not a normal death case. This is not a normal family. This is going to be a really interesting story. Kevin, what do you think about the formatic of having the actor read from Barry Sherman's memoir as a way to sort of build out his interiority in this podcast? Well, I mean, I guess six years ago, we would have been pulling our hair out about somebody reading, you know, an actor reading from documents or or diaries or something. I don't and know I guess if we would always I, do that. Well, I mean, by now, I mean, I guess it's sort of a, an accepted convention. I think, you know, the utilization of the actor, I think, is is fine. And as close as they can come to sort of getting Barry's interiority, it's through the pages of his, uh, I guess, his autobiography or what? Boring what, ass autobiography. Well, this is the thing. I mean, <laughs> my issue is, are the narrated quotes that they pull from this book the best ones? Because... It's like, oh, he goes into like, I got into MIT, what all his scores were, and who's going on, and this year it was, this, and this is the quote we hear. And I, as a producer, I'm going, just say, he went to MIT and he did good. Because we later hear the host say, <laughs> <laughs> we hear them talk about how, like, how, his, how his memoirs are kind of humorless and dry, and it's like, I know, because you just subjected me to like five or six poll quotes that were like, what? If you, why did you have to like keep serving me up crap to then tell me it's crap. I knew it. Among all students in the Faculty of Engineering, I ranked fourth in first year, third in second year, second in third year, and first in the fourth and final year. Upon graduation, I was thus awarded the Wilson Medal for standing first in engineering physics and the gold medal of the Association of Professional Engineers for standing first in the entire faculty. But Toby, isn't that sort of designed to show us that he's a dick? I mean, that's what I felt it was designed for. I like for. the dick ones, but you know. Right? I mean, it's like Barry was a dick, right? Yeah. I mean, I think. I mean, sorry, RIP Barry, but Barry was a dick. In my yeah. opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In your opinion. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, in my opinion, too. I, so I think as a podcast maker, like if you have the memoir from somebody who is deceased, like I think that's probably you look at that and it's like this is as close as we're going to get to actually being able to interview him. And it's probably going to be in some ways better because he, he's not on guard. You know, this this is kind of what he's putting out into the world is representing himself. You know, I, I guess it didn't really bother me that much. Like it kind of felt like like for all his accomplishments and wealth and stuff, there's just not a whole lot there. I mean, I thought one of the really interesting things that was said was at one point, somebody's talking about the money and about how I can't remember what it was, but there was some sum that was seemed like really like almost nothing for somebody who's a billionaire. And somebody like said, well, money was dollars or something. Yeah. It's like money. Money's how Barry keeps the score. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay. So he's one of those dudes who it's like, like your worth as a person is basically your 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 balance in your bank, and so I I kind of thought that all added up. Like I like I could see where people might find it a little bit much or whatever, but I thought it did when all that stuff was done. I I felt like I had a pretty good picture of Barry and why I wouldn't want to hang out with him. Hmm. Well, he's obviously very. I mean, you got to give it to Barry that whatever negative personality traits that you'd find like with him personally he helped it helped him exceed in business yeah like if i just said we're going to talk about business right now is that our transition to the business that's section? my transition wow. to the business section that was good you even have the music wow incredible yeah so uh right now on our patreon go to patreon.com slash partners in crime media so smooth and uh, you can get the latest crime writers on after show uh we just lost laura bricker she just literally I was, walked I away. Knew it was gonna happen so now you guys she see not even muted. She literally just started talking to herself and walked away. That's what happens, guys. It happens. Laura, you know you're not muted, right? Oh. <laughs> I just decided to put my headpiece on for this business section. Fabulous. Um, <laughs> so we're going to be talking about it on the latest 
after show. We're going to be talking about our reactions to the news in the Adnan Syed case. Now, we know this happened last week, so uh, I don't know if when you, by the time you hear this, if we're like, completely up to date on all the latest, but I think that uh, we, we need to get some rage out. Am I right, folks? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've been walking three miles a day, Kevin. Sometimes 3.2. Just hopefully not in your flapper outfit. Lars all dressed <laughs> up for the Exeter Lit Fest and the Great Gatsby yeah. speakeasy thing. Which happened in the past. Happened in the it, past. Ha- ooh, it's like go through the, the wormhole. No, it went great. It, it did. Great. I actually went to the Hannaford's today in this outfit. You mean last week you went to the Hannaford and then out? Last week, yes. <laughs> and they're still talking about it. Okay. Um, we also have coming up soon Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club. Toby, also sort of in the future past, recorded <laughs> <laughs> recorded the latest Deep Dive. And uh, this was really something different because the author is James Baldwin. Toby, tell us about the book. Yeah, I think I think we're talking about it tomorrow, right? Yeah, that's the future in the past. That was the part. <laughs> Days of future right. past. Remember, we're on Monday. Yeah, so, uh, it's like tomorrow, the Marvel tomorrow, Universe. Tuesday, April Fucking 4th at 8 off. o'clock. <laughs> uh, yeah, tomorrow, April 4th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, we will be discussing evidence of things not seen, which is James Baldwin's book slash, I guess, kind of meditation on the Atlanta child murders. And joining me to discuss it are uh, Ronald Young Jr., who uh, portrayed me in a year ago in a version of uh, Crime Writers On, uh, Marsha Chatlin and Shirley Lairo. So yeah, I think it'll be a great panel. Uh, book is pretty interesting. And hopefully I'll have read it by tomorrow. Toby, make sure you tell uh, Ronald uh, that we got all these gifts from Carol Baskin, because I think he was the thumbs down on the Joe versus Carol that we made him. Oh, review. really? That's right. Yeah. Okay. That's right. He yeah. thought... Which is I why thought, he's never he been thought back. it should get an Oscar for television. Oh, right. that was that was um, the, the the blood one. What was the uh, the dropout? That was dropout. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. okay. Also, yeah. we really owe Ronald because he was supposed to come stay at our house a couple weeks ago, and because uh, he was in New England, and we were going to watch the Oscars together, and he was going to stay over. We had a whole plan, and then we got stuck in Mexico, and we literally had to call him and be like. So you know that thing where you're going to stay at our house tomorrow and you're flying out the next day? It can't happen, bro. So like, he had to change his whole flight. We owe him huge. If you want to let yourself okay. in. Okay. <laughs> I'll be I'll super sh- nice to him on the deep dive. Be nice. Yeah. So also, we want you to sign up, if you haven't already, for our newsletter, crimewriterson.com. Just put your email address in that. We got all sorts of great stuff. Like we talk more about behind the scenes and we have, you know, photos of the pet of the week and who our Patreon patron saints of the week are. But we also have merch. Yes. And we've been doing T-shirts for a long time uh, through Threadless and they have some new stuff, guys. You know what they're offering? What? Jigsaw puzzles. Ooh, your podcast oh. sucks. Jigsaw puzzles. Yeah, yeah. Or the I I learned that in cat detective school. Jigsaw yep. puzzle. Or our four faces as a jigsaw puzzle. Yep, all sorts Ooh. of stuff. You know, as well as shower curtains, uh, pillows, stickers, magnets. Your podcast pullovers. sucks. Pillows. Yeah. Yep. Amazing. So, Kevin, is that going to do it? Are we done with the business section? Yeah. Thus ends. Thus ends the business section. The business section. You should go and fade that music out right now. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. 
All right, so Laura, we were just talking a minute ago about how uh, Barry was a dick, um, but you, yeah. uh, you, you have a take on that too, right? Like you don't think that he comes off that great in this podcast. No, no, I don't. I think neither Barry nor Honey comes off particularly great in this. And I think there's conflicting sort of accounts of how both of them behave in private and in public. And for me, that made it kind of hard to consider different possibilities of what happened to them. Is that the one you were getting at, Rebecca? Yeah, yeah. Except okay. that <laughs> but, 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 they, but they can be bad people, but also their murder could have nothing to do with how they like personally behave toward each well, other exactly, or their family members, exactly. right? And yeah, oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think in a case like this, the fact that, you know, he behaved like a dick to his, his family, that immediately raises sort of the like, for me, red flag of like, oh my God, this is an inside job. This is somebody that knew them. But, you know, I think, you know, we hear the story of Barry, who is interacting with this one stockbroker at one point who like rips him off and then he he pays his bail to get him out of jail. So I feel like Barry was sort of polarizing. Like some people really were like, oh, he's doing good. Other people were like feeling very betrayed by things that he had done. And right before he was killed, I, I didn't know what's the order of Canada. Like that's some sort of um, prestigious thing he gets indoctrinated, in, nominated to. Um, but he's got, you know, sort of unethical business dealings, even though you, you have to, in the beginning, respect, he's doing a generic pharmaceutical company. And to me, immediately, that seems like a good thing, um, but maybe not. So, you know, I think for me listening to this, there are so many possibilities of somebody that he could have pissed off or honestly that she could have pissed off. I mean, when you hear the story about Honey, who everyone in the beginning is trying to make her sound all like, oh, she's such a charity, like driven lady. And she's going to, she's supporting all these causes. And then you hear this story about how she made her sister keep like playing on a broken leg. And uh, she's like, fuck it, you're fine. Like, you're fine. And then she's like, keep if somebody skating. sits in her, <laughs> yeah, keep skating. Like, I said, it hurts. And my leg was blowing up. And she said, you're fine, skate. Finally, somebody stopped and said, I think there's something wrong with your sister. And paramedics came and I had a multiple fracture and she had made me skate for 15 minutes on a broken leg. If you're in her chair at the beauty salon, you better watch out. You're going to get like freaking decapitated. They tried to originally describe her as like a ball buster, but then actually she's just a bitch. Yeah. So um, I, I just think there's a lot going on with these people. And to me, that makes it more fascinating, but also more frustrating because it's like when you hear that this remains unsolved, it's like this could go on forever. I'll tell you, one of my issues with the podcast at Toby is that we hear a shit ton of eulogy tape in this podcast, right? And that, you know, Kathleen does some analysis of that. Like, that's also how we get some insight into Barry and Honey is through hearing what their kids have to say about them, what other people have to say about them with the eulogy. But then we get these little nugget facts drop where she's like, later, John said, the son John, I think it is, said uh, that his sister thinks that he had something to do with his parents' death. Told like a newspaper that. That just gets dropped in as a little fact. And I'm like, Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I feel like this podcast spends a lot of time on slow things and then rushes by things that, you know, may be like somewhat unsubstantiated, but actually have like some substance, like insofar as that, like, if the son does think that his sister thinks he murdered his parents, like, why would he think that? I mean, that's not nothing, right? Yeah, well, there's a lot going on with this family, definitely. Right. So there's that. There's a fact that Carrie's mom said in her will that none of her relatives could adopt her kids when she died. Yes. So she would rather just have them go to some random family somewhere because she was so worried about family members like trying to uh, get at their money. So again, it didn't. it didn't really bother me, I think, as much as maybe it bothered you guys. And I don't know. Like if it was just, you know, sometimes I feel like it's a frame of mind thing, but I was just kind of listening and I, you know, I, I was kind of like brought into the story. I thought it was pretty interesting. And I think, was she talking about succession in this? Yes. I, yeah. I, I just come off like a, some conversations about succession, which I have not watched, but people are trying to get me to watch. You should. And I was like, oh shit, this feels like succession a little bit, not knowing what succession is like at all. So, you know, I was kind of. I, I kind of found that interesting. And then, of course, Carrie is the 
sort of central interesting character in this entire thing. I mean, I, I mean, I think he, it's his interview that kind of makes this thing work or not work. You're actually sitting here asking me to kill your wife. He goes, yeah, I am. And what do you say to that? I said, I don't know what to say. He goes, well, I want you to look into it. You understand me? And I said, you're serious. He goes, I am 100% serious. I want you to kill her. I want you to get rid of her. We have this interview with Carrie, but the problem with Carrie is like, I think he's pretty much a pathological liar and a big blowhard. So there's like legitimate issues with how his uncle came in and, you know, took over his father's company and, you know, turned it over, sold it, and the kids didn't get that. But it's hard sometimes to take Carrie seriously, especially you hear our host talking about she gets to ask like four questions in the course of this very long interview because he goes on and on. He fails a lie detector test. Now we know they're not reliable. I know that. But there were parts where I was like, it was like that OJ, like, well, if I did it, but I didn't do yeah. it. But if I did it, but I didn't do it. I, I was don't at think work. He did I could have left. I, I don't think he did. I don't think he did it. He's just a talker, you know? He's an But he's ang- a talker. And it's so it's hard to know what to believe. I mean, he talks about how, you know, he was fantasizing about like ambushing Barry, slitting his throat, rolling his head across the parking lot. And you're like, okay. He's like, but I didn't do that. But I'm telling you, I thought about it. And you're like, okay. So you think that makes you look better? And then he talks about how like Barry was going to like knock off honey and like, but he didn't follow through. So I just feel like this whole family is fascinating to me because I don't know who within the family now I find to be the most credible or the least credible at this point at sometimes as I'm listening to this story. But that is actually the real nugget of Carrie's interview, right, Kevin, is that she gets corroboration from somebody that Carrie knows that Barry did approach Carrie to ask him to murder Honey. Yeah. I mean, to put it, it's a... <laughs> Carrie's not a reliable narrator, no. right? But the things that he says, I mean, there is, he didn't make this up today, right? He told people at the time, so either it actually happened or he made it up at the time and is sticking to the story. It's, it's hard to tell because he also, you know, was addicted to uh, cocaine and, um, you know, and that's a I, hell of a drug. It's a hell of a drug. So it's hard to say what his state of don't, mind don't actually do heroin. was. <laughs> don't do heroin. <laughs> I'm uh, here to tell you, don't do heroin. <laughs> yeah. But I got to say, his, and I think Toby says this, right? His presence is like so energizing to the podcast and, and like really animates the story, whether you think he did it or not. So we finally hear about the Winters, uh, the two cousins in episode four, but we don't really get to carry like really get to him until episode seven, you know, maybe everybody in Canada understands this is eventually going to go to Carrie and that we should just have to sit and wait. But I didn't really get the sense early on at all. They didn't telegraph that this was coming, right? That they had somebody who openly fantasized about, you know, somebody who had just lost a big legal fight worth 20% of the guy's business. And then, a bullshit legal fight, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Get, get, seriously, because they own, they were entitled to a percentage of this company, which was sold for a million dollars, and they were subsequently given millions of dollars by their uncle. Well, yeah. I, was, they, I, I think it comes down to they sold that family business. Barry built a new one with the proceeds, so they right. felt like they were entitled to, to that business, business, too. Which is not yeah. how that would have worked, even if they if they had bought the old business, if they had used that right to buy the old business, they would not have built a billion-dollar business with the proceeds. You know, it's like, it's yeah. like, it makes no sense. That being said, uh, I think that, you know, there's a nugget there, and this is another issue I have. And, Toby, I'm curious about your thoughts about this. Um, I kept thinking to myself— as I was listening to this, because they're near the, you know, at the end of the podcast, and again, we're in the spoilery section, the Kathleen does this analysis of whether or not the police's original belief that this could have been a murder-suicide could be true. That's at the end of the podcast. And I just found myself thinking, like, why is it this at the beginning of the podcast? Because that's what the police thought at the beginning. So why not examine that at the beginning and dispel it and then go into the potential murder scenarios? Why go back to that at the end I mean that they're like like as as Kevin just nodded like there were so many biography episodes like until there was any kind of lack for lack of a better word action and I felt very personally uninvested in the biographies 
because I didn't really understand any of the stakes of the case because I'm not from Canada. So to me, like this is a very, I know this is an important story in Canada. Everyone's really, it's, it's an unimportant story to me. So I didn't feel that, you know what I mean? That sort of heightened sense of like suspense. Um, I don't know about you, Toby. Did, did you did you feel that structurally was okay? Because I, I know that sometimes we differ on those things. Yeah, I agree with you. And the reason why I think for me at least was that there are a bunch of times during the podcast where I was like, why do they even think that they like, it seems like they definitely could have been a murder suicide. Right. Exactly. Like why, why do they, you know, why do they think it's not? Um, so I think that's like, you know, if you're writing a novel or you're doing a podcast, when people start thinking like that, that just means that you haven't given them the information. Like it's kind of a stopper, right? It's just like, it's hard to focus on what you're supposed to be focusing on. Cause you've got this question that seems important to be answered as you go forward. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I think that could have been, that could have been earlier. You know, I think that there's a whole episode about conspiracy theories or, or, or most of it's about conspiracy theories, which I think you can address that. And the fact that this, this case was like rife with conspiracy theories and, and how that might've muddied the waters or it's just sort of intrinsically interesting or whatever, to give one seventh of your coverage of this case to conspiracy theories that are, you know, obviously just wrong. Um, but they knew about seemed- COVID coming, Toby. But they didn't really even explain. <laughs> I mean, that was the only conspiracy theory they actually explained. Yeah. Some other conspiracy theories they just mentioned but didn't explain. And I'm like, I want to know why that was even a conspiracy why theory. Why did Hillary Clinton kill them, Toby? Because <laughs> well, they kill everybody. Well, you know, I mean, in some ways. Ivermectin. In, in some ways, but it's just like. You know, I feel like it's like with a lot of other conspiracy stuff, it's like they died mysteriously. Well, what other conspiracy shit is out there? Well, there's the Clintons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's like the drug manufacturers. You know, they just kind of, you know, you mix and match. And that's what seemed like it happened there. So anyway, yeah, you know, I Kevin made a note about this. The apportionment of time spent to different aspects of things. To me, that seemed a little bit lacking. And I think that also goes to, you're talking about like the eulogy and how much time they spent on different parts of that. And then you, you kind of are left with these clues about like the specifics of the family dysfunction, but sometimes it's just left at that. Right. And it's not, you know, why is everybody suspicious of each other's motives, including (laughs) not just around money, but including like, did you murder your parents? Did you murder our parents? You know, I mean, it's just the distrust amongst that family is like totally pathological. And you kind of get a sense that maybe Barry and Honey weren't the best parents, but how, why does it manifest itself in this particular way? And then the other thing is, am I, am I right that their biological kids all like, they're not like super happy, but they don't have like the drug and, and suicide issues but the winner kids who ended up sort of being, you know, I guess they, they weren't fostered by them, but sort of under the sway of Barry and Honey did have drug and, and suicide problems. Correct. And one of them was implicated in a murder. Yes. I, I thought that was kind of interesting, too. Yes. It's like, how did this, these two different groups of kids, neither was great, but but they they kind of had these different outcomes based on who their parents were. One of the most telling things about Barry and Honey's children to me was that they raised their parents' house with everything in it. Oh, that's right. It's yeah. like, God. you don't do that when you have a huge sentimental attachment to your dead parents, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, there could have been other reasons, but the idea that you'd be like, let's just tear the house down with all of their belongings inside. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a little, that's, well, yes, I agree. Any potential evidence too, right? I mean, that's the other. Yeah, I can see sort of, you know, being traumatized by the house and like, I don't want to be in that house ever again. It's a place where evil things happen. Burn it to the ground. I kind of get that logic, but also not going through it. You any know, sentimental attachment to or anything things. valuable. Maybe or they anything. did take. We don't know that they didn't take valuable yeah. things, but you still right. But yeah, if they left, you know, the blender and the, you know, the the beverage fridge and everything. Yeah, whatever. You know, it just was. Well, things they knew were important weird. to their parents, right? Like that's the thing. It's yeah, like that I, might not be important to you, but it was important to mom. Like that sculpture or that painting was important to mom. So like. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. No, it's it's <laughs> peculiar. 
It's yeah. peculiar, especially when it would be it would not be an awful lot of money to have a bunch of guys in blue overalls come in, throw things in cardboard boxes. It doesn't mean boxes. that they murdered them. It just or means throw, that the family dynamic yeah. was fucked up. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's pretty telling. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Rebecca, I want to let you know that we asked the folks in our audience tonight what they thought of this podcast. We asked two questions. First, we asked about the title. We asked, was the title creative and inspired? Was it confusing and distracting or was it distasteful and a poor decision? 25% of our audience thought it was creative and inspired. 75% thought it was confusing and distracting. Nobody thought it was distasteful. Only you. Only me, I guess. And so we asked them, what are your thumbs up or thumbs down reviews? And 37% went thumbs up and 63% were thumbs down. Wow. Okay. Let's do what we do. Let's let our listeners know, should they check out the no good, terribly kind, wonderful lives and tragic deaths of Barry and Honey Sherman? Laura Bricker, what do you think about this latest podcast from Kathleen Goldharp? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, this is falling on uh, Do You Know Mordecai, um, which was a very unique podcast um, where, you know, that was, I believe, her friend that was taken in by that guy. And she has great access to people. I think, yeah, I think the title of this to me didn't really convey what the story was about. And there were certain times where I was like, you know, I would have maybe told this in a different way. But overall, I think I was just so interested in the story of this billionaire couple in Canada and Justin Trudeau, my favorite yoga uh, doing sock wearing prime minister uh, being involved with them, but just kind of an interesting portrait of a family gone wrong with business dealings. But also I guess I'm just my takeaway and why I found this so fascinating is here you have a billionaire couple who not only has the police investigating their case, but their family, and it still remains unsolved. So to me, that was really interesting. And um, so, yeah, this is a thumbs up for me. Toby Ball, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for the no good, terribly kind, wonderful lives and tragic deaths of Barry and Honey Sherman. Yeah, well, it's not the like Dr. Seussian uh, <laughs> podcast that you may be expecting when you come into it. Yeah, I mean, I think, do you know, Mordecai is a tough act to follow. The case, which I was not familiar with at all, is pretty interesting. I don't know if she focuses on the on the most interesting parts of it all the time. Uh, there's an entire episode that I, I, I don't think was super necessary. Um, that being said, behind all of this stuff, there's a very interesting family story some of which is just outright told. Some of it you have to kind of, you know, you, you have to kind of read between the lines a little bit. Uh, I, I think she's sort of personable narrator. I like the sort of style and, and the relaxed uh, pacing that she has. So anyway, I'm, I'm a thumbs up. It's not as good as, uh, do you know, Mordecai, but um, you know, it, it's still pretty good. I liked it. Uh, it does have flaws, so it's not like a huge, huge thumbs up, but it's definitely a thumbs up. Kevin Flynn. Yeah, I got to go thumbs down. You know, I love Kathleen Goldner. I just do not like a lot about this podcast. And it seems silly, but the name just seemed really distasteful to me. So it really set me up for a not good adventure. I, I thought that, again, the examples that they take from 
you know, Barry's autobiography to sort of give a window into his soul. I thought the ones that they chose added nothing. I, I thought that the uh, the producer tape where they go and you hear the behind the scenes of like, is your, is your chair comfortable? Oh, do we park in the right place? I thought that was just performative and didn't add anything. I guess my theme is that I think the things that the producers thought were important, in my opinion, were not important at all. And there was some other good, there was some good stuff to this too. And uh, I'm going thumbs down. And I also apologize for my pizza comment earlier on. I'd be happy to get pizza with this crew and so that they can tell me about how wrong I am. But I, I'm just a thumbs down on this. Yeah, I'm super conflicted because there were moments in this that I liked, but overall, I can't give this podcast a thumbs up. I have to give it a thumbs down. Um, and Kathleen, I'm such a huge fan of Kathleen Goldhars. Mm-hmm. Do You Know Mordecai is legitimately one of my favorite podcasts of all time. It's one of those podcasts, I think it was like my number two or something, the year that we talked about it. It was definitely like in my top five. And it remains like in my top five podcasts of all time. That's how much I love it. And I love Kathleen's writing and I love Kathleen's delivery and I love Kathleen's sensitivity. And a thing that I do like about this podcast is the way that she sort of integrates um, her own experience in the Jewish community and like talks about the importance of that, like in, in contextually in this story, which is something that she also did. in do you know Mordecai? And, you know, that's a lived experience storyteller that I think is like is important and it actually really, really works. But that's kind of where Kathleen's. Uh, the musculature of what she can do best kind of ends here because it seems like they really had limited material to work with and limited sourcing to work with. They had the really great interview with the gossip columnist lady, the society columnist lady, and then we had the one really great interview that we also talked about. But I felt like the order of the episodes really took away from what could have been a very suspenseful, even though ultimately I don't think the point of this was to be suspenseful, but you should feel invested, even if you know it's not going to be like a blockbuster the solved kind of thing, even though she tells you the right at the beginning, the structure of it, for me, it just felt like a series of biographies. And that just didn't inherently ultimately work for me. So sorry, Kathleen, you know, I'm a huge fan of yours, but cannot give this one a thumbs up. All right. Now it's time for my favorite part of the podcast. A little something I like to call the crime, crime of, of the week. The week. Two prisoners in Virginia escaped from the Newport News Jail, Shawshank style. Authorities say John Garza and Arlie Nemo burrowed their way out of the jail using a toothbrush and a small scrap of metal. They were able to squeeze through the hole, then scale a wall to break out. It all has shades of Andy's escape from prison in the Shawshank Redemption. It took Andy years to scratch his way through his cement wall. It's unclear how long Garza and Nemo were at it. The pair discovered a weakness in the wall, namely that the rebar inside the wall was not properly tied. Officials fear all the walls in the jail may have been constructed that way and are considering their next steps. Garza and Nemo did not make it to a Mexican beach like Andy and Red. Hours later, the cops nabbed the hungry fugitives at the International House of Pancakes because even at IHOP, a pair of guys dressed as escaped convicts will draw attention. So, panel, these guys were clearly taking notes when they watched The Shawshank Redemption. What will be the next movie-inspired caper to make the news? Laura Bricker, what do you think? Oh, God, I don't know about movie-inspired. I mean, I was just thinking about escaping from prison. And um, if they're hungry, I mean, they really should have had a file baked in a cake and taken some of the cake with them. And that would have like been like one-stop shopping for escaping from jail. <laughs> what do you think, Toby, about what's the next movie-inspired caper that will make the news? Well, I guess not surprisingly, I did not see the Shawshank Redemption. Um, <laughs> oh, and, Toby. Uh, another, How about another the Goonies? Movie I, another movie I did not see. <laughs> But I think it would be pretty helpful in escaping from a prison is, honey, I shrunk the kids. And then you just waltz right out. What do you think, Kevin? What is the next movie-inspired caper to make the news? It's going to get out like uh, Silence of the Lambs style, where you rip the face off and put it on your face and go to the hospital. Okay, true story. Kevin had never seen Shawshank Redemption either until a couple of years ago. Oh. And he was like... Or like Maybe a, 10 years ago. He was kind of a jerk about it. He's like, well, I don't want to watch it because you want me to watch it so badly. It was like one of those 
finally got him to watch it. Kevin, is it not a good film? I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. It's a good film, it's a good Toby. Film. Yeah. The ending is wonderful. It actually does kind of hold up. All right. So, Laura Bricker, folks want to reach out to you on social media and say, you know what? I think that file in the cake idea is a pretty good idea. How can they find you there? They can find me at Laura Bricker. Send your cake recipes. And Toy Ball folks want to berate you for adding the Shawshank Redemption to yet another, <laughs> that's another film on the long list of pop culture moments that you somehow have missed. How can they find you on social media? Uh, I'm at Toby Ball NH and uh, Wednesday episode four of Strange Arrivals drops. Also, Titanic is on that list too, right, Toby? Movies oh, you've yeah, never Titanic. seen. Like, yeah. I've never seen that. Yeah. <laughs> like the only person, Avatar, right? You never saw Avatar. I never saw Avatar. <gasps> incredible. I kind of liked Avatar. Fucking incredible. My, my friend, my friend sent me a one-word text as his review of Avatar, and it just said "crapatar." <laughs> oh. It's dances with wolves it. with blue people. Is all yeah. it is. All right, Kevin Flynn. How can folks reach you on social media? I'm at Kevin P Flynn. If you want to follow me anywhere, Twitter, Instagram, all those places, you can find me at Reb Lavoie. Follow the show on Twitter at Crime Writers On, and please join our incredible community in our official Crime Writers On Facebook discussion group. We have a regular Facebook page. Go there, hit join the group. We'll let you in if you're not jerky. Support the show at patreon.com slash partners in crime media you'll get the crime writers on after show married with podcast laura bricker's leave it to bricker podcast and toby ball's deep dive book club podcasts our theme song was composed and performed by ty gibbons our line editor is the wonderful livy burdett the executive producer of this program is kevin p flynn this show was recorded in the treehouse yoga studio above the mockingbird cafe in bay st louis mississippi studio otherwise known as studio c the closet in our new hampshire basement where we write our autobiographies filled with the most boring ass facts about our no good terribly kind and wonderful lives on behalf of all the crime writers thanks so much for listening we will catch you later later uh do we want to say goodbye to everybody we've been, goodbye. We've been looking rocky at- flintstone says goodbye he's had a good time attending this session of crime writers on yes he has <laughs> Can you get him out of the frame now? <laughs> get cat ass again. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.